Hello and welcome back to Disciple 52. And this this week we're looking at the second chapter of John's Gospel. And um, thank you for joining us. Um, I hope that your um, week one went well for you. I hope you learned. I hope you grew. I hope it, uh, you know, made you thirsty for more of God's Word. And, um, you know, we we just want to encourage and help hold each other accountable for hiding the Word of God in your heart. And I know from the group that I'm in that uh, there are, it ranges from uh, brand new Christians to, uh, you know, others who've been walking with the Lord for a long time. And so uh, what matters is that we're walking with the Lord. And, yeah, um, absolutely. And so, and Sam Baker's back with me today. Hey guys. And uh, which Sam will be here a lot because Sam's, yeah. Sam's making me host this, uh, but he <laughs> is the producer of this podcast. He's, he's, <laughs> ma- he's pushing me out of the nest and um, we've worked together on some other projects. Yeah. And, um, but uh, Sam, thanks for all you do and thanks for helping us. And I'm going to look to you again this week um, to add some context to chapter yeah. two. So if you were with us, I hope you were with us last week and you got kind of that big overview picture uh, and you made those notes maybe on your card uh, that we have available. If you'd like a card, I'm sure you can get in contact with us. Uh, They're going to be available for yeah download. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah. So you can get these uh, nice little neat schedules. Um, chapter two is significant because it kicks off our first big block now it doesn't kick off the narrative but it kicks off our first literary unit that we're going to divide further in half but it's chapters two through ten and in chapters two through ten we have four we have two sets of four stories now there's a little bit more information in these chapters than that but essentially we got two sets of four stories the first set of four story the first set we're going to encounter all of those in in chapter two. And then we're going to cover the next set in uh, chapters three and four, right? And so um, what we're encountering here is Jesus confronting four in chapters two through four. We're going to see Jesus encounter four institutions okay, and how he interacts with those institutions of his time. That's good. The first two, the first one is a wedding. The second one is going to be the temple. The third is going to be the rabbis. We're going to see him talk to Nicodemus. And then we're going to see him at the well, which kind of represents the social institution of the time. So it's not that, wells were an institution but it it represents kind of the social institution Um, then we're going to see jesus interact with four holy days or feast days so we're going to see him interact with the sabbath we're going to see him interact with uh the passover uh hanukkah or the rededication and that's in chapters two through ten right yeah yeah, we're seeing not not in not in chapter two but that's in this next block so in chapter two we essentially see jesus is going to interact with a wedding, mm-hmm. and we're going to see him interact with the temple. Okay. Two and big Two big institutions, institutions. and we're going to see how 
Jesus or what he does, how he does that. And so, um, the first, you know, just, I, you know, you have part of this. I was 52 is reading the chapter and praying. And me and John just talked about, I'm using disciple 52 as an, as kind of, uh, besides doing information for the show, Mm um, as a, opportunity to just read the scripture and pray and memorize not really to study so we don't want it to be a huge study burden some of us are wired that every time we crack over the bible we want to study we're on bible hub or logos or um what's the other one i can't think or bible software and we're studying language and we're looking at every little detail i'm using this as an excuse to get away from that for right. a second and just listen yep. to what the Holy Spirit has to say. Yeah. And so this might be the extent of the study you need for the week. This yeah. podcast. Yeah. And I'm I'm gonna read a, a quote here that I posted on the Disciple Fifty Two um, Facebook page, um, and it really is kind of key in 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 how we design Disciple Fifty Two. Okay, and this is a quote from J.R. Woodward and Dan White Jr. in their book called The Church's Movement. Um, It says, The key element to the spontaneous expansion of the church is simplicity. Okay, and movement requires reproducibility. What we are multiplying should be reproducible by just about everyone. Yeah, and so if you read through the weekly goals, Although there's eight of them, which is I really wish it was only like three, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. There, there's eight goals, and but those eight goals are basically designed for exactly that: to be easily reproducible, to be simple. We're gonna read one chapter, we're gonna memorize one verse, we're gonna pray and meditate on that, and just really let ask the Holy Spirit to just make that word the living word, make that a part of our spiritual DNA Mm -hmm. so that in the days ahead, when we have opportunity or when we need to, we've put something in our hearts that the Holy Spirit can remind us of and can help us when we need it to apply it to whatever we face or not whatever we're facing, but also what someone else may be facing where we can speak words of life um, and, and, and we can be those, we can have those streams of living water, which we'll learn more about Jesus teaches about, I think in John also. And so, yeah. So let's, uh, so we're seeing the, this interaction at the wedding and some just highlights here. My, something you might be focused on is, Jesus's ministry timing. Mm-hmm. First of all, this is the turning the water into wine is his first sign. Right. There's going to be first s- public miracle. There's going to be seven signs. Mm-hmm. John's going to use the word sign a lot. Um, and then he numbers like the first two and then he leaves the rest for you to figure out. They kind of culminate spoilers with the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, so his how he is going to express who he is and then this thing about timing comes up and I'll let like we're going to have to get deeper into John before we have a big discussion on t- 
timing of his ministry. Sure. Because it kind of seems weird. Did it strike you as weird that he's like, hey, it's not Yeah, it's it not was, time. That's, an, that's to me, that was a and then you not know, an expected response. And then you know I mean, his, his mom, mother basically had to, you know, say. You know she cut him that hand. mama look. Yeah, yeah. She cut him that mama. I, I just imagine, as she said, do, do what he tells you to do. She was walking out. Yeah. Cutting that look giving him over the, his shoulder. Giving him, yeah. giving him the mama glare. Yeah. The and stank so, eye. So, and then moving on to the temple, um, Jesus got some powerful words mm. about that institution, kind of what it had become. I've got some of my own thoughts. I'll leave those to my later commentary on that. But um, essentially, um, Jesus has a rather surprising interaction with the temple. Uh, and that's where we kind of, we meet. We don't meet the Pharisees at first because we see those in the, in chapter 1. But this is like Jesus' first interaction with mm-hmm. the Pharisees. So out of chapter 2, and, well, I'll let you talk about it. We had kind of a tough time yeah. picking our verses out of chapter 2. Yeah. Um, it's not really application-driven as much as it is narrative. No. I mean, going forward, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably, many times, I'll choose verses that Jesus said. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Those, those are gonna be. I'm gonna lean towards those. Yeah. And Jesus doesn't say a lot. Yeah. Except for woman, you know, my time has not yet come. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And so, I didn't choose that one. That's not the verse I not chose a deep application to memorize. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I did. Uh, one of the guys that's part of our group, you know, it's interesting to me to to see the the different verses that people choose, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, one of the guys in in my group chose verse eleven, um, where it says this is the first of the his signs Jesus did at Cana and Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him, and that was that was one of the verses that I'll t- I'll tell you why that's a good verse. Because as you're reading through the entire, you're going to read, if you stick with Disciple 52, which I hope you do, you're going to read through the entire book of John. Memorizing verses like that mm-hmm. helps you keep a mental bank yeah. about where where things are and what is happening yeah. in different parts of John. So when you're thinking through and you don't have the Bible in front of you, you're like, okay, what? Chapter one, yeah, that's the the word was with God, and he calls his disciples. What was chapter two? I've memorized some of chapter two, mm-hmm. and it was the wedding at Cana, mm-hmm. and you know that starts rolling in your mind. That's Jesus confronting these institutions, and yeah. Anyway, I think that's a good choice. I think verse eleven is a good choice because it helps keep that uh, mental file going. What, what verse did you choose, Cham? I chose... Um, did I just say what verse did you Cham. choose, Cham? Yeah, okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'll answer to Cham. Go ahead, um, Cham. So 18 and 19, uh, I chose kind of for my mental file. Okay. And I get to an application. So it says, so the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us uh, for doing these things? All right, this is after he's driven out the money changers. Yeah. They're asking for an explanation. Yeah. 
we need a sign of your authority. That's right. To do this. That's right. Pull a rabbit out of a hat or something. Yeah. And so he says, Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Now, to me, <laughs> big impact here because spoiler, I mean, John is going to say um, his disciples remembered this when he was raised from the dead after mm-hmm. three days. So this is pointing forward to his resurrection. Mm-hmm. This, to me, in the scheme of biblical narrative, which is how I think, shows Jesus totally confronting and reversing the institution of the temple. Mm. The, very, what, the theme explored in chapter 1, God tabernacling with his people. Okay? Back to chapter 1, and the word became flesh. flesh. Right. And so... And this whole idea of the glory of God being revealed to his people, that's Exodus, Moses language. Mm-hmm. That's God being with his people in physical form. When they, you know, you talk about David trying to institute the temple. At first, God's mm-hmm. like, nope, it's not going to be you, David. I don't need a house. Mm-hmm. I've been with my people. And then Solomon gets to go ahead to build the temple I think that was a concession, a lot like uh, the king. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this is Jesus directly confronting the concession and saying and claiming templeship for himself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so he's like, you destroyed this institution that you've created, and I will raise the temple, me, up in three days. Or yep. you destroy me the temple and i'll raise it up in three which they totally didn't get no no over the head yeah and it was sacrilege right to say like you would do anything to the temple and in 70 a.d the temple was completely destroyed that's right but before that jesus was resurrected and served as i mean he is the temple he well we gotta get away from temple here he tabernacles with his people Mm -hmm. Physically with us, yeah. In the Holy Spirit, He His presence is with His people, That's Christians, right. me and you. That's right. And so, for me, this verse, why I want to commit it to memory, is to remember that Jesus confronted the concessions mm. that were made. Mm-hmm. He fulfilled. He completely lived out with no concession the kingdom of God, the the ideal that God had at creation and this was it that God would dwell with his people and you know not in a temple remote far off and what do we read in Revelation at the end of time there will be no temple that's right because God will dwell with his people that's right physically that's right so this is a big big deal to me and how I think about the Bible you may disagree theologically but that's what it meant for me you know I and, and what I love about what we're doing here is because when, when we take the time to slow down and, and read through these passages and meditate on them, we really give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to really show us the, all the, the depth yeah. of a verse um, and, and everything that's going on there. You know, I mean, what what God has gone through, the lengths that He's gone through to be 
present that's right in a real way and that not and, metaphorical not out here but in a real way present with his people right. is humbling and amazing and i'm i'm truly just thank i'm in awe of what god has done and when you talk about all that he's done you know that is a perfect segue into the verse that i chose which is the last two verses of this chapter. And um, I'm going to start with verse 23, and just for, for a little bit of context, it says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, and this is verses 24 and 25 is what I've, I, I chose to memorize but Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Now, in the past, when I've read this verse, primarily, my primary thought was, man, Jesus knew what these guys were thinking. Yeah. And and that's... I don't doubt that. That's not that. untrue. That's not untrue, but I think the deeper part here is 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 Jesus knew their nature. And um I actually this is, you know, this is a English standard version that I'm reading, but for the verse for my memory, I actually went to the um New Living Translation because I really like the simplicity and and I like the the way they stated they the way they translated it was, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew human nature. No one needed, no one need to tell him what mankind is really like. Mm. Yeah, okay. and and that made me think of uh, Hebrews four fifteen that says, "For we do not have a high priest who is unable." to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Yeah. And so what Jesus, Jesus didn't just know, the reason he knew human nature was one, he's God. Yeah. But also he had, he had put on that same human nature when the Word became flesh. Yeah. He had put on... And so, 100% man. 100% man. 100% God. 100% God. Yeah. And so he didn't entrust himself to men because he knew from firsthand experience, not from an external experience, but from an internal experience, he knew what was in, what was human nature. He yeah. was He was walking around in it every day. This is a part of... You know, if you're interested, these early church debates over the nature of Jesus. Mm. You know, who was Jesus? But the nature of Jesus goes with, you know, the technical term is the ontology of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Who, what is Jesus? Mm -hmm. And so, but it, it's clear when you read through the Gospels, they took extraordinary steps mm -hmm. to not mince words about his 100% divinity, 100% humanity. That's right. He was fully God, mm -hmm. fully man. That's right. 
Now, I don't think we have the metaphysical vocabulary right. or worldview to really get at what they... To wrap our brain yeah, around that. Yeah. yeah, but it was very important to not only the gospel writers, but to the early church as That's they right. debated this and, and worked this out. And, That's right. And really stood on it. That's right. You know, it, it's interesting. Well, <clears throat> you know, it has, like the verse in Hebrews and other verses, when you read when you read the Bible in its entirety, that's where you have to land, is that yeah. he had to be fully man mm-hmm. in, or, in order to be our substitution. Yeah. And yet he had to be fully God in order to... For it to mean anything. Be our substitution. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so... Um, and, and again, as we'll see, and as you will experience week after week, as you, as you meditate and as you pray and as the Holy Spirit re- opens up the word to you, you'll see, you know, again, I go back to the verse I chose from chapter one, where to those who received him and believed in his name, he gave the right to become. Yeah. And so what am I what am I becoming? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm developing I'm becoming like Christ. Yeah. As I study his word and as I obey his word and as I surrender my will to his will, that new life uh second Peter one three, everything we need for God to live in, we've been partakers of the divine nature. Yeah. You know, um, we're developing the nature of Christ in us through the power of his Holy Spirit and his word and as we study his word in conjunction. And that's yeah. That's what we're doing here. Yeah, and man, just one more thought on yours. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh just on a surface level. Yeah. Cuz we went we went right for the metaphysical there. We went <laughs> straight. And I know that sounds like a new age term. All I mean is we went right for kind of the background of what Jesus was implying. Yeah. about or what John is implying about Jesus regarding who he is and what his nature yeah. is, okay? On a surface level, you on could On a street level. On a street level, you could interpret that as Jesus was not naive mm. about what he was doing. Absolutely. He knew that people saw the signs That's and right. were like, ooh, we're we, into this guy. We got guy. a king. Yeah. yeah we got somebody who's... Yeah. This, this guy seems like a winner. This is, yeah. And Jesus knowing that they don't understand That's what right. is happening. That's right. And I, I, I need to count myself sometimes among the crowd no in that regard. No doubt is that I see what Jesus has done in my life. And sometimes, you know, that's what you hang on, knowing that, you know, I'm not getting it. However, and now um, this is admittedly mystical. Some of you are not going to have a problem with this statement. Some of you may. That's I'm not anti-Bible study. I've devoted my life to Bible study. That's, <laughs> that's why you're here. That's so. what I do. <laughs> but I don't want to lose the fact that reading Scripture is transformative in and of itself. Absolutely. When you are in Christ, John's going to talk about this in chapter 14. Mm-hmm. 
and 15. He's going to send the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to teach us reading Scripture, consuming Scripture on a daily basis, committing it to memory is a transformative act, is a spiritually transforming thing to do. And sometimes we can, if we go purely academic, purely scholarly, we do all the study, it's great. We're trying to get to that application. But like in chapter two is a perfect example. There's not a lot like, what do you want me to do about this, Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Kind of stuff. There's not yeah. a lot of application here, but just reading That's right. it and being closer to Jesus is conforming us to That's the right. image of him. Listen, we don't really know. We we I don't think we can really comprehend one the power of just reading God's word. There's a great promise Amen. in God's word that says it shall not return void. Amen. And so um you know, you said you kind of open the door up or you know us identifying with the rabble here, yeah. you know, the people. And I think one thing that the 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 uh, the Western church has propagated is that Jesus is, you know, I, I can follow him and it will help my cause. Right. And he is my ally. He's my ally. He's 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 gonna help me get to where I want to get. Yeah, and that's not the gospel at all. Yeah, go back. Refer to the Old Testament. That's right. For people who thought God was their ally. That's right. That's right. And so we can be His ally. I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> that topic will come up more as we continue because. Uh, um, but anyway, so that was. Uh, that's chapter two. Yeah. We love you guys. Yeah. Uh, good luck. Uh, boy, you don't need luck. Uh, God bless you. God and we'll see you. you next week. Yeah. Chapter three. Take care.